Hi, welcome to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California, nor the management of KUCI. This is Dan Zhang with Subversity. Coming up, a discussion of this past tumultuous week at UC Irvine and other UC campuses. Uh, we're going to look back at the events of what's been happening and the escalation of tactics by student protesters. And with us are uh, uh, student uh, activists Ryan Davis, Russell Curry, and uh, Samir Tillman. And uh, Russell is an alum. Is it? Uh, yeah, right. Um, so, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh, so, um, why why do you think uh, the tactics were escalated in advance of March 4th? Uh, did you want to make a big bang before March 4th? Um, I don't think we were looking to make a big bang before March 4th. We um, had some issues that needed to be addressed, and there was no reason to wait till March 4th. Uh, why not address them right away in um, the most aggressive pot? tactic that we deem necessary um i think that's pretty much it right we're not to agree it was more or less um the reaction of the students because the administration here at uci wasn't necessarily responding in a manner that we felt fit for the circumstances going on on our campus and Mm -hmm. the most kind of reactionary not really reactionary but most direct kind of conflict without being violent i guess was to do the sit-in yeah, I've I've participated in uh, sit-ins in the, even the chancellor's office, and we were never arrested. This was maybe years ago, decades ago, and <laughs> and so um, I know a professor was quoted in the paper, uh, in the register, I guess, uh, that why arrest people? You know, why? Mm-hmm. It seems like the university is escalating its tactics, also. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh, you know actions. Definitely, I think. Um by them showing uh, that they were willing to arrest us for sitting in and um, asking for issues that we felt were important to be addressed, um, their tactic of arresting us shows that there's an antagonism between students and administration that they like to um, keep up. Um, and so arresting us just for trying to have our voices heard really shows the position of administration towards students on this campus. Did, they, um, did you feel threatened at all when they... Or was it prearranged, the arrest? Did, did they know you? Did you agree to be arrested and tell the cops already, originally? Uh, you, um, Ryan, you were uh, um, arrested. We, we agreed that we were going to sit at our chancellor's door until our demands were heard or we were moved removed from the situation so uh-huh. it wasn't that we prearranged our arrest at all. I think our, our goal is to have our demands addressed and met. And you, uh, the main chance where uh, in-source, uh, in-source um, AB, uh, the ABM workers, mm-hmm. um, and the university claims that it was ready to insource, but the union was saying that uh, that not to do it yet. What what's happening there? Um, well, it's these uh, these ridiculous background checks that the university is trying to impose on the workers. Um, and so the fact that these, the fact that the university has taken a position where they will insource the workers by going through these background checks, which are unnecessary um, to the worker conditions, and the fact that these work, some of these workers have been working on the campus for more than 20 years, to ask them to go through a background check is um, what we deem is a racist tactic to exploit these workers. And so it's that the union does not want 
um, the workers to go through these racist tactics. Did uh, the other time that um, the groundskeepers were in source, they they didn't go through the any extra checks? <laughs> Absolutely not. They did not go through these background checks. Um, so this again shows the administration's uh, position that um, they don't want to seem weak. Um, just because these same aggressive tactics were stepped up in 2006 to insource these workers. And I think that administration looked bad, and they don't want to look bad now, so they're trying to um, hang on to these background checks before insourcing these workers. But I guess the argument is that they do checks on everybody that work there usually. I mean, uh, how, do, how do you respond to that? Yeah. Well, the fact that these workers already work on our campus mm. and that they, um, that they have to go through these background checks is a little ridiculous. So, I mean, that just, it just doesn't make sense. The background checks don't make sense that they're allowed to work on our campus as long as they're being exploited by ABM. But the moment that we want these workers to not be exploited, that they have to go through these background checks is a little but ridiculous. Does ABM do um, have uh, contracts with other universities? Um, I'm not sure. And we, I think uh, the, the, this is the last campus, right? Yes, uh, this is the last campus with a sizable amount of outsourced workers. How about the one-source uh, workers? Uh, they clean uh, the janitors in the, in the library, for instance. Um, some of them were active in the protests before, but I didn't see them this time. What, uh, are they being insourced eventually? Or? Um, I'm actually not qualified to answer that question. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, wish I was as well, but I'm not. The, uh, you know, I was uh, inside taking pictures, but the, uh, so I didn't know about, uh, and then I went back to my office uh, afterwards, after the arrest, and I didn't know about all the action outside. How did that develop? Um, the action outside was, was pretty much planned to just bring attention to the fact that there were students and workers sitting in uh, on the chancellor's floor. Um, sort of just the escalation of, of tactics outside of, uh, you know, we had a, we had a chant and, and a march going, going on in front of the administration building, and we were handing out leaflets to, to students with, um, and, and other passersby with the uh, demands on them. Yeah, I, I think I got those at the beginning, but then the dumpster thing, what, how, how did that, <laughs> was that a spontaneous thing or was that planned? Um, <laughs> this the dumpster situation was was definitely more of a uh, more of a spontaneous action because uh we were we were getting reports that the students were being students and, and workers were being arrested upstairs and uh, uh. what we wanted to do was not have excuse me uh <clears throat> we wanted to not have uh them slipped out of a back door where we couldn't see them and where uh oh. passers by couldn't see what was going on so basically mm. what we did was we barricaded all the possible exits and then left one open so that we could we could sort of see uh, where everybody was going to be let out so we could, you know, bring the attention to the fact that they had been arrested. Those are pretty heavy, you know, those dumpsters. How, how did they, they have wheels or what? Yeah, they're, they're on wheels and, and people just <laughs> sort of, people who <laughs> remain unnamed just sort of <laughs> push them into place in front of the doors. The power of student strength. <laughs> exactly. So, so they're in front of the the outside, right? Then the, yeah. you didn't go inside to put one inside. Yeah, no, they were uh, they're, they're all big. they're yeah. all pushed uh, outside the doors. And then at that point, did, how did the the police react? Um, the police didn't want them there. Uh, clearly, they a few were trying to trying to make it outside, and they eventually removed a few of um, our barricades, dumpsters, tables, whatever whatever it was that we had there. And was this around twelve thirty or? Um, you know what? I'm not sure exactly the time. I I think I think the dumpsters went into place around uh around eleven thirty, twelve ish. The but first arrest was made at eleven twenty six, so okay. I'd imagine that. Yeah, so about eleven yeah. thirty. Oh wow. 
Yeah, I think the front door was still open, but when I got out of the administration building, the front door on the second floor, and so yeah, I walked yeah. out of that, and there was I didn't see any action up in front. Yeah, uh, because um, we had we had blocked off that front door, and then um, we actually had had believed we were planning on holding a rally at the flagpoles. We thought that um, we would be able to speak there because there was a PA system set up. It wasn't actually wasn't for us, but. Uh, um, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I was unaware of that. I thought it was for us until until we were told otherwise. But huh. so we were going. The plan was to bring everybody to the to the PA system, and then um, the uh, the first floor entrance on the on the side facing the flagpoles was where we expected everybody to come out because we had barricaded everything else, and we saw a heavy police presence right there. Huh. So um, basically, we wanted everybody to come to the flagpoles so we could speak about what was happening and bring a lot of attention. The um. In terms of the citations, uh, therefore, uh, uh, court appearance in uh, April, April twentieth. Yeah, April twentieth and twenty uh, first. Sorry, twenty first. And what does the um, what uh, what is the charge? And the charge in the citation is just it's a misdemeanor for oh. a failure to disperse, which is like some California Code four hundred nine. I think it says on our piece of paper, but I'm not. I don't know the exact code. <laughs> Are you worried about that? Not too worried about it necessarily. I think more so um, our greatest concern would just be the day of our court dates is just to see what kind of police activity would be happening outside. So I guess it would just be more support from students and others at the courthouse on that date. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's a, the courthouse is uh, where? It's the courthouse on Jamboree. Oh, Harbor, Harbor. Justice. Harbor Justice. Yeah, it's actually in... Newport Beach, I think. <laughs> We're actually, yeah. Okay. We're actually next to Newport <laughs> Beach. Uh, so, wow. And what time is the hearing? You know? 8.15 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so all 17 at the same same time and date? Same time and date. Yes. Oh, wow. Do you expect the charges to be dropped? We certainly hope so. Exactly. We hope that they would be dropped. I know with um, the other arrests earlier of, uh, I mean, last year of John Bruning, that was dropped. Or that was never I mean, I don't know if it's really dropped, but the, the the date he showed up, there was nobody, nothing there going on. Yeah, um, yeah, that that definitely was the case, and so we could only hope that would be the case for us. But I mean, I think as Samia said, that if if that's not the case, then um, we do have student and worker support at the courthouse, um, and it would behoove, uh, <laughs> it would greatly behoove the city of Newport Beach to not have strong student and worker solidarity at the courthouse. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> You'll show up in force, there'll be people there. Uh, yeah, we'll show up in force. <laughs> that's also, that's where people go for traffic tickets. You know? <laughs> yeah. the, I know classes at night, or for instance, you have traffic school there, <laughs> but this is in the morning. Um, the uh, Do you feel that the, you know, you, you gave out a list of demands, there are like 12 demands, um, Twelve demands for administration and three demands for the UC regents. Oh, I think nine for administration, right? And no, two, twelve. Twelve, oh, twelve. For, twelve for UCI administration and um, oh. three for oh, okay. uh, the yeah. UC regents. And how? How? D which one is the most important, or do you want to rank order them or not? They're all equally important. <laughs> <laughs> we, one, we sat in for every single one of them. One uh, one day I got some feedback from uh, where some women. Wrote, one woman wrote back and. She was wondering why there was this demand for uh, unisex bathrooms. Mm. Do, I mean, do you... Uh, um, well, yeah. the, the correct term is uh, gender-neutral bathrooms. Right. Um, uh, there's a demand, well, 
I'll go ahead and read that demand. Um, so that we uh, we demand that UCI immediately equip the campus with gender-neutral bathrooms. Students and workers who do not fit the illusion of gender normativity suffer routine violence and intimidation. UCI should not privilege heteronormativity over the interests of its LGBT community. Meaning that, um, just what I said actually, that... Um, that students that don't fit that don't fit the illusion of gender normativity, they shouldn't have to um, go into situations where they feel threatened or they're routinely intimidated. Um, and so, equipping uh, the campus with gender neutral bathrooms is actually a really um, easy demand to meet, um, and it will benefit everyone. Did you see though that uh, this woman who wrote me was upset? I mean, she wasn't from this campus, <coughs> and she was worried about, I guess, going into a men's bathroom, and she was not transgendered or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, she feels. Well, she I mean, there's two situations. I guess there's say. two situations for these yeah. bathrooms. Either, um, like, to give a specific example on our campus, uh, the bathrooms at Starbucks. There's two bathrooms in Starbucks. Um, each of them are single stalled bathrooms. Oh, I see. Yeah. But um, one is male and one is female. Um, just a simple switch of the signs to just say bathroom would, uh, oh, right. would meet good. our demand there. Um, in other situations, uh, we do realize that people have uh, religious preferences of not, um, not going into bathrooms with, uh, that are um, two gender bathrooms. And so that is a situation that is a little bit more aggressive of administration to build a second bathroom, to build a third bathroom actually and make them all gender neutral, oh, but to um, have an option for people you know, mm-hmm. that don't yeah. fit gender this, uh, in the news this week was this airline, I think Air Nippon, mm-hmm. uh, was going to have uh, only have bathrooms that are labeled only for women on a plane. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> unless, uh, there's a, unless there's a demand, I suppose, this emergency or some, some big <laughs> crush of uh, people, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because more... I mean, women have to wait longer, maybe, in bathrooms. <laughs> Outside, there's always more of a line, is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know in department stores, that's, uh, malls, that's true, right? There's always a line, it seems like. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can speak to that logic, because still, to me, that doesn't really translate to making sense, necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And those are just single bathrooms, right? Those are single ones. Yeah. Yeah, in the plane, of course. Yeah. yeah. But, um... The campus of Berkeley has equipped many of their dorms with gender neutral bathrooms as well as Santa Cruz. So we're waiting for UCI to come on and come around into the 21st mm-hmm. century here. Yeah, in the library, there's a staff area that only has women's bathroom because in the old days, the um, <coughs> clerical staff were mostly women, I guess, and so they only had bathrooms for women wow. <laughs> in the in the back staff area. So they've never changed that. <laughs> it's another flaw in UCI's administration part, I guess. <laughs> so, um, and then the uh, the AB 540, that's a big issue uh, this week especially, and uh, this month, I suppose. Uh, and that's for undocumented workers, uh, students, to be able to finish their education and also uh, uh, be able to graduate and get jobs, I suppose. Um, is that, uh, do you know if that's, uh, how many students are affected on this campus right now? Do you know? Uh, a thousand or something? No. Yeah, I believe it. I, I a few hundred? I believe it's a little under a thousand. I'm not one hundred percent sure on those facts. Yeah. Okay. It's on our website though, democratizeeducation.wordpress.com. <laughs> you can Demo- see all all twelve of these demands as well as the uh, region demands on that website. So right, yeah, and on, on the subversity uh page I've also linked these uh to the uh yeah, democratize you see you see? Thank you. UC, uh page. Uh the uh what what is this contract with Motorola? It's on the re- on the 
administration demand it says we demand that UCI not feed the prison industrial complex uh, we demand that UCI end its contract with Motorola uh, and furthermore we re- demand the removal of all removal of all Dell IBM and Texas instrument products by four um, what 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 is with Motorola do you know um, the thing about the products of the companies or the brands that we listed on that demand is yeah. specific because those specific brands use um, prison labor oh, to make their oh, products. Okay. Yeah. And we want UCI to not feed the industri- prison industrial complex by accepting products in, from brand companies that specifically use prison labor For to sure. make their products. Do you, um, uh, do you know that the governor has proposed that, uh, you know... Um, what was it? Uh, it kind of uh, what was his proposal already? <laughs> uh, in the State <laughs> of the Union address, he, yeah, yeah. he proposed that he cuts, uh, I believe, prison spending by 10% and um, give that to higher education. Uh, what sounds really, really nice, really, really wonderful for higher education. <laughs> but uh, when you look at it, it, all it does is increase the privatization of the prison system, which um, we are extremely against, because all that means is that there's an economic interest for a few rich shareholders to have prison labor, uh, modern-day slave labor, actually. And so uh, we don't want that. He needs to come up with different options than privatizing prisons to pay for higher education. For sure, yeah. And today, actually, there's an event on campus on um, prison industrial complex, yes. uh, Angela Davis is coming. Yes. Is it four o'clock? And yes, four p.m. Mm-hmm. in um, HG ten thirty, um, Humanities Gateway. HG. Humanities Gateway ten thirty. Sorry. At four p.m. Yes. Okay. Great. And I think she's coming back next week. There's an there's a, another education event next Monday also that uh, I just found out she's coming back. Uh, and campus. our um our um our demand for an end to the prison industrial complex and um the research that we have on our website it's all in conversation with a lot of Angela Davis's work so um it's wonderful that we actually have her on this campus this quarter yeah and she's uh on she has this project on the prison industrial complex yes you know, up in Santa Cruz and in Northern California yes um do you f- uh how about this re- uh, research with military uh contracts um how do what kind of, uh, and you want the university to shut down this Center for Unconventional Security Affairs. Uh, it's a new uh, new center. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- why, do, why do you object to that center? Well, I mean, at the very least, the name is kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first time I heard that name, I was like, that sounds kind of like torture. Yeah. Unconventional Security Affairs. And um, personally, I, well, and, and of course, according to all of our, our reasoning behind the demands is it's against U.S. imperialism and and um, feeding the military-industrial complex that that puts a stranglehold on on um, the countries that we occupy and and uh, invade, basically. And it's a uh, research in terrorism, right? I think so-called mm-hmm. terrorism, right? Yeah. Um, and the fact that we have um, we have contracts on this com- on this campus that uh, Chancellor Drake has himself said that he doesn't even know um, 100% about and so that just kind of scares us in the, um, the sense that if we historicize the situation and um, look at the events that happened on Tuskegee's campus where they were actually feeding um, syphilis to African Americans to test uh, what the effects would be on the human um, the fact that that could be going on, on our campus right now we don't really know what's going on in this um, Center for Unconventional Security Affairs and so um, we don't want to have to look back in 15-20 years and see that they were feeding some type of disease into the barrios of Santa Ana or Orange and um, 
is coming right from UC Irvine's campus. So. But the Tuskegee thing was like 50 years ago, right? Right, it was. And, and we still have these um, undisclosed military contracts on our campus right now. Um, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's happening in those buildings, um, in the building where this unconventional security affairs um, is located on our campus. You can't even get in without um, proper identification and things like that. But this is supposed to be a public university. And I, as a student, can't just walk in to this building. It's oh, a really? creepy. Oh. Yeah, I think they're not supposed to have, but I think after the protests in the 60s, uh, they're not supposed to have uh, secret military research in the UCs. I think that's... Uh, but we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's... that's uh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, that was a demand. There's actually a database I... Uh, I was telling some of the students uh, the other day at a teach-in that we've recently acquired, I'm a librarian, and we recently acquired something of the 60s. It's a online uh, database of documents and uh, articles. And for instance, there's a, uh, we get the, we, we, we're going to get the Ramparts magazine, which was edited by Bob Shear. Mm-hmm. It was a radical magazine in the 60s. And then Shear is now, uh, I'll bet, you know, a truth dig is his website, but he used to write for the LA Times. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the uh, other thing they have is, uh, another thing is uh, Berkeley Bob uh, is a uh, kind of alternative paper in Berkeley, kind of a porn magazine. But they uh, <laughs> did a section on uh, uh, the uh, Berkeley strike and takeover of Wheeler Hall in the 60s. So it might be worth comparing the two occupations to take a look at what yeah, happened in the 60s. Uh, so it's called the 60s. Uh, it's a, If you limit it to internet resources, you can get it. And I also saw a uh, uh, the whole book, uh, Joe Freeman, uh, who's a, a feminist who writes about uh, writes about uh, Berkeley in the 60s. That's the title. And the whole book is online. So there's a lot of resources. And eventually they're going to ho- hopefully add uh, music, of course. Yeah. They should, yeah. Um, so there's actually a lot of resources here to look back on. And uh, one thing about activism, it seems to me, are you guys um, um, archiving all your stuff or... I know you just put it on YouTube, but <laughs> is, there, is somebody a historian who's trying to document all this stuff or keep track of all this stuff? Because, you know, the, there have been sit-ins at UCI before and there have been protests and, uh, you know, and there's no memory, you know, of it sometimes because unless you go back and look up the research, the articles in the paper, mm-hmm. and even that could be distorted, as you know from looking at the papers, you know, currently, Mm-hmm. They they only report certain way uh, in a certain way and cover certain things, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know th- it would be sad if you know thirty years later your contemporaries then I mean at the time look up and find just the you know PR stuff from the university. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, based to, based on my knowledge, we do have different students taking part in recording our activities. Yeah, whether it's from other various things that we've done on campus and taking photographs of those um, <laughs> incidents or just reporting accurate information on the sit-in and not letting the image of what we're doing be diluted by others who don't necessarily agree with our tactics or people who don't necessarily right. even agree with what's going on what's, on the UC campuses. What's the best website for some of the uh, statements, I guess, that have been coming from the protesters? Uh, Occupy, um, CA, or whatever? At, as participants directly in the sit-in, we haven't um, actually made any official statements yet. Um, a lot of, I think, the biggest problem with student activism, um, I, I would say on this campus, but um, I would say just in general for the time period that we're living in, is that the student activists were, were pulled in um, so many different directions because of the, uh, 
the apolitical nature of our generation. And so the fact that we have to do activism on, on top of political education, on top of historicizing our own, um, yeah. our own activism, it's a lot to take on. So um, as far as uh, making an official statements about the sit-in that we were just involved in, we haven't done that yet. Uh, we plan to. Um, but, I mean, just looking on our site at the, the various essays that we've written and things like that, I think that speaks to a lot of our interests and a lot of where we stand right now within the current movement. Is there an ethnic split between the uh, activists? Because it seems that some, I mean, this you're all black. and uh, and <laughs> Black power. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and some of the other groups seem to be more white, uh, the activist groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, the occup- occupation uh, people in other actions is is that a a consequence of something or what how do you see philosophically what 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 is the tension and i guess i mean i wouldn't address it directly as some type of tension between the two groups and the movements in and of themselves i think the the main idea behind one group who is just specifically occupying and another that's more ethnically oriented the ethnic groups or specifically black groups would definitely have to say that our issues in other movements are not addressed directly simply mm. because those white students cannot speak true to the black experience, nor can they talk about black issues correctly. And then during um, protest or disagreements or trying to formulate a movement, black issues tend to be ignored by those other groups simply because they do not have the understanding of what happens to a disadvantaged racial group, period. So I wouldn't say that the... It's a direct tension, but it is a huge lack of understanding and at times can be perceived as a little bit disrespectful for the ethnic groups. But in this uh, particular action, the sit-in, mm-hmm. um, uh, is this, uh, this is new. Is this new, the, the more blacks joining in with the Workers' Student Alliance? Um, I, I mean, I can't speak to the entire history of UCI, but um, I would say that this is something uh, novel for the time period that we've been on this campus, um, a sizable amount of black students sitting in with workers. Um, and I, I just think that, like, with the group that sat in, we, we really approached coalition as in um, equally addressing the issues of everyone inside of the coalition, which is why we have such a long list, which is why it's so broad. <laughs> But we equally wanted to address every single issue that everyone in the coalition felt was important equally. And um, I think that's a lot of the um, that that's where a lot of the breakdown inside of coalition spaces comes and a lot of why black students pull out of coalition spaces. Mm -hmm. So I think it was I think it was very unique to our group to have workers that understood black issues just as much as the black students inside of the um inside of the coalition and us black students really taking our time and learning worker issues and understanding worker issues and willing to put our bodies on the line for the same issues that they're willing to put their bodies on the line all right definitely yeah and i know you've uh, been active you all of you have been active at prior demos with the worker student lines mm-hmm. uh and why was it um decided to take action now rather than on march 4th and and do it at the same time as the other actions that are coming up. Or do you see them as as a uh, kind of more um, being co-opted the other stuff? <laughs> uh, I guess in terms for I'll just I'll speak on my opinion about it. It's just that first um, we didn't want our movement to be necessarily um, confused or mixed up with the March Fourth movements. Our movement is in general um, an anti-racist campaign mm. and. 
in anti-racist politics, you consider more than just fee increases and layoffs. You incorporate the entire system of the UC system basically being an entire kind of perpetuation of racism and our demands speak true to those exact specific ways in which that we feel the UC campuses like perpetuate racism and the March 4th activities are specific to one issue. So again, like Ryan said, our campaign is broad for a reason because it's an anti-racist campaign. And the March 4th is mainly uh, over privatization, right? Yeah, or is it over? It's over privatization, but I mean, um, just in general, we haven't seen a, um, we haven't seen a addressal, or is that a word? <laughs> it is today. <laughs> it is today. I'm going to go ahead and make that a word, addressal. We haven't seen uh, we haven't seen specific issues addressed that would be coming up on March 4th. But, I mean, it's not that there's an antagonism between us, uh, our protests that happen on February 24th versus what's going to happen on March 4th. It's rather that, um, why wait? Um, you know, like, we don't need to wait for the media cameras to be all over us to make a statement. We're not in the TV revolutions. We're actually in the long-term, hard-working, revolutionary struggle. Um, not to say that we're revolutionary or anything like that, but, I mean, there just seems to be a lack of um, long-term organization within the student movement. Um, everyone's looking for the cameras. Everyone's looking for the quick, flashy um, thing that they can do, but no one really wants to get behind um actually trying to change the system um, that's going to take some long-term effort. So you're in it for the long haul? Absolutely. 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 Definitely. And especially you, uh, Russell, yeah. uh, you're not a student anymore. Uh, why get involved? <laughs> um, because, I mean, well, being a former student of color and a person of color, these, these issues definitely affect me. I'm, I was actually supposed to work at UCI uh, this past year, but due to budget cuts, I, mm. I was unable to. Um, the jo- the position just wasn't available anymore and um you know i mean aside from just the personal level it's just you know i'm i'm still in irvine this is you know you you think globally but work locally i i definitely want um i i always have strived for change as long as i've i've been conscious about about the issues around me and i feel like you know living 2 miles away from campus it's it's the least i could do is is help out with a lot of these struggles what what do your families think about what you're doing <laughs> Um, since I, I mean, just cause I'm still on the mic. I mean, my, my father's definitely super supportive of, of everything I do. Uh, he might disagree with me, but he's never going to say, oh, you shouldn't do this. Or, you know, we, we talk about, about why things are going on. So okay. I don't know about these two though. <laughs> I guess for me, it, it's, t- it's kind of, um, a weird and yet like mixed, um, notion for my parents is just that I come from two parents who both have their own type of past dealing with either civil rights or the black power movement. Mm. And so they have their own perception of protest and uh, civil disobedience. And for, I guess, because now they're parents, they're a little bit more hesitant to put their child in the same type of position that they were and expose them to the same type of danger. So they don't necessarily want me to take parts in a lot of activities, but they're not going to hinder me in any regards. So their support is still there. Cool. And are you... <laughs> I think my parents just want the best for me, um, no matter what. And so um, the best for me in, in, in my current situation would be for me to graduate from college. And so they just <laughs> want to make sure that happens. But um, they understand that um, when I do things like this, I'm thinking outside of myself, um, thinking outside of the individual. And um, I think they respect that very much. And so they're very supportive. There's all this racist stuff going on uh, around um, other campuses also, especially <laughs> Uh, San Diego, there was a noose put in the library, mm-hmm. hung there, 
and uh, there was this so-called Compton cookout. And uh, what what do you think about the university's response the, uh, overall? I just want to make sure we don't forget about our own racist stuff that's happening on this campus. Um, in addition to the news and the Compton cookout, this anti-black article that was in our new right, university. New is just another symptom of the larger racist system. It was uh, anti-affirmative action also. Anti, yeah, anti-affirmative action, yes. Um, but I guess also on our campus that we mustn't forget is just there are constant individual acts of racism that a lot of black students are experiencing, whether it's them coming out of sure. their dorm room and having pictures of people hanging on their on their doors or having the N-word scribbled on their their dorm doors. What so do you mean pictures hanging? Pictures of just like old, like 1940s lynching pictures. Showing really? Different oh my bodies God. hanging from various trees huh. or being burned. Mm-hmm. So in a, they're highly inappropriate pictures huh. in subjecting these black students to extreme violence. I mean, and wow. the, um, the Compton cookout and the noose, um, they're not really new incidents. Um, they're just definitely uh, symptoms of the larger system. So um, we really yeah. want to put that in context that um, what we sat in for on the on the um, 24th, an anti-racist uh, campaign against the entire institution. I mean, it's just with the Compton could gotten the news, it's all the more evident that this is why we sat in because um, it really is challenging the institution and the structures that would allow for a noose to be hanged um, or allow students to think that um, having a Compton cookout is an acceptable form of celebrating Black History Month or um, denigrating um, uh, Black Student Unions and Mecha and uh, the Asian Pacific Islander groups as self-segregating groups that all they want to do is uh, cry <laughs> eternal victimhood. So um, definitely yeah. uh, symptoms inside of a larger issue. Well, thank you very much. I'm sorry we're running out of time. I have to take another call for another part of the program. So I appreciate your coming, all of you. Uh, Ryan, Russell, and Jamie, Samia. Samia. <laughs> thank you. Thank I hope you. I can thank talk you with you, you in future. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you. Great.